while I was in Austin this past week for our diocesan priest convocation, I had the privilege, yes, it was in Austin. <laughs> I had the privilege of reading a book entitled, Swear to God, the Promise and Power of the Sacraments. And I came across this very powerful and beautiful line. Quote, Christians make the Mass, and the Mass makes Christians. One cannot exist without the other. End quote. These are the words of St. Felix, one of our brothers in the faith who lived in North Africa in the fourth century. Christians make the Mass, and the Mass makes Christians. One cannot exist without the other. What makes this line even more beautiful is that he made this claim while on trial for a crime against the Roman Empire. Try to imagine it with me. On February 24th, 303 AD, the Roman Emperor Diocletian published his first edict against the Christians. He ordered the destruction of Christian scriptures and places of worship across the empire, and he prohibited Christians from assembling for worship. Felix, along with 48 other Christians, knowing the potential consequences of their actions, chose to meet outside of town in order to celebrate the Mass. They were caught and brought to Carthage for trial. Why would you violate the emperor's command, knowing that it was a capital offense? They were asked. With unwavering faith, Felix responded, Christians make the Mass, and the Mass makes Christians. One cannot exist without the other. Those 49 Christians, our brothers and sisters, stood firm in the faith. They were sentenced to death, and they were martyred, men and women, priests and laypeople. They gave witness to the true beauty and the value of the Mass by preferring death than missing Mass on Sunday. Their moving witness to the value of Mass reminded me of another inspiring story. This one's a little bit closer to home. In the early 20th century, in the midst of a grueling academic schedule and the physical strain of an ROTC program, six men at a small agricultural and mechanical college took the time necessary to walk to Mass every Sunday, six miles there and six miles back. Rain or shine, with poor roads to boot, these men were Semper Fi, always faithful. We don't know their names, but their faith has made a legacy in College Station. Those six men from the Corps of Cadets are the reason that St. Mary's exists. They walked from the Quad on campus to St. Joseph's in Bryan and back every Sunday to attend Mass. Why would you take all that time on one of the only days that you have free to attend Mass? They might have been asked. Christians make the Mass, and the Mass makes Christians. One cannot exist without the other, they could have replied. That same faith that pulsed through the veins of the martyrs in the fourth century also coursed through those men. 
And when we celebrate the Eucharist, when we receive the blood of Christ, the same faith can flow through our veins. We don't have to be in the same time and place to have the same conviction that Christians make the Mass and the Mass makes Christians. One cannot exist without the other. I tell these stories because I think they help us to appreciate today's gospel. Another name given to the Mass is Eucharist, which literally means thanksgiving. In the gospel today, Jesus works a miracle for ten lepers, but only one comes back to give thanks. While ten receive the miracle of physical healing, only one receives salvation. Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you, Jesus said to him. The other nine would eventually fall ill again and die. Their physical healing would be to no avail. Such is the human condition. But for the one who gives thanks, death does not have the final word. Today's gospel shows that the Samaritan was born to eternal life and thanksgiving was the key. The Eucharist, we might say, was the key. With today's homily, Father Brian and I are starting a small homily series on prayer. Over the past seven weeks, we've been covering the elements of discipleship. We said that a disciple of Jesus is someone who has made the decision to place him at the center of their lives and who experiences a loving relationship with him as a lived reality. Prayer is that lived relationship with Jesus. And today and the next two Sundays, we'll be speaking about prayer, beginning with this week with the greatest prayer, the Mass. Christians make the Mass, and the Mass makes Christians. One cannot exist without the other. What is it about the Mass that gave Felix such conviction? Well, remember what we said about discipleship. A disciple of Jesus is someone who has made the decision to place him at the center of their lives and who experiences a loving relationship with him as a lived reality. The Mass gives us the opportunity to do just that. Those martyrs and those cadets didn't risk everything, didn't go that far out of their way because of the preaching or the music. They came because of a relationship. Jesus wasn't an obligation, an idea, or even a system of beliefs. Jesus was real. Jesus is real. And he's not content with being just a part of our lives. He wants to be our life. John 10, 10. I came that they might have life and have it to the full. This is my body. This is my blood, which is for you. He gives us his life in the Mass. He gives us everything in the Mass. That's why those martyrs were willing to risk their lives for the Mass. We're willing to risk everything for the Mass. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. There's the source of Felix's conviction. It's the Eucharist, the flesh and blood of Jesus that gives us true life. 
that makes us Christians, that gives us the life that's worth dying for. Imagine for yourselves what would be necessary for you to take such a risk. Honestly, who would you do it for? If there is someone that you would do it for, I would imagine they're not simply part of your life. No, I would imagine they are your life. Friends, we won't have the same faith coursing through our veins so long as Jesus remains just a part of our lives. We need to place him at the center. That's what discipleship is. We need to make Jesus our whole life. He's content with nothing less. And if we're honest with ourselves, neither are we. At every Mass, we have the opportunity to content our restless hearts, to satisfy our deepest longings. We have the opportunity to make Jesus our whole lives, because that's what Holy Communion means. Holy Communion is not merely a meal. It's the wedding feast of the Lamb. In the Mass, like at a wedding, Jesus the Bridegroom says to us, I am yours. Let that sink in. I am yours. If there was no one in your life that you'd be willing to risk it all for, that's okay. But just know that you're the one he already risked it all for. This is my body. This is my blood, which is for you. Not like you in mass, not like all of you, you. I am yours he did it for you, unconditionally, entirely, freely, and personally, I am yours. That's what he says to us in Holy Communion. So to receive him, then, is not merely eating. To receive him means saying back in response, I am yours. A true Holy Communion occurs when both Jesus and we can say, I am yours and you are mine. I am yours unconditionally, entirely, freely and personally. I am yours and you are mine. That's what the Mass is. That's the true life that our hearts long for. Of course, we live out that life, that relationship every day, but that relationship is why we come back to Mass at least every week. At Mass, we seal, renew, and celebrate our covenant relationship with the one who is worth it all. Prayer is a lived relationship with Jesus. And we'll discuss what that looks like in other areas of our life in the following weeks, but never do we know a greater intimacy in our relationship with the Lord than at Mass. That's why missing the Mass is a grave offense. It's saying to the Lord, I've got better things to do. Think of a husband saying that to his wife when she wants to give him her whole self. I've got better things to do. That's why missing the Mass is a grave offense, a mortal sin. It's also why attending Mass is worth it all. It's worth everything. That was the conviction of St. Felix, those cadets. 
So let me conclude with some ways to help us have that same conviction, to help us celebrate the Mass more fully and to grow in this area of our prayer lives. All of these ways are to help us have a true Holy Communion, to help us hear and to say, I am yours and you are mine. We'll look at three areas. We'll look at preparing for Mass, offering the Mass, and thanksgiving after Mass. All right? So number one, preparing for Mass. There's no getting around it. You get out what you put in. Right? That's true for exercise, education, and the Eucharist. You get out what you put in. So the first thing to put in, in terms of our preparing for Mass, is reading the readings ahead of time. You can just Google today's readings and you'll find them. I do it all the time. Right? There are even podcasts that let you listen to the readings and you could listen to it on your way to church. So read them or listen to them ahead of time and you'll be able to hear more clearly the word that God wants to speak to you. The word of God is living and effective. It doesn't give just information in general. It has a word for you just as Jesus' love is for you. So read the readings ahead of time and hear that word that he wants to speak to you. Second, in regard to preparing for Mass, come early. Getting to Mass early will help you recollect yourself, right? It can be busy and distracted out there, so coming a bit early will allow you to recollect yourself, to kneel down, and to talk to God. Talk to him about the past week and about the upcoming week. As you look at the past week, you thank him for the good. You apologize for the bad. As you look forward to the next week, you ask for what you need. That's a beautiful way to enter into the Mass more fully. And finally, in terms of preparing for Mass, we need to observe the Eucharistic fast. We're all obliged to abstain from food and drink for an hour before we receive Holy Communion. Water and medicine are allowed, but gum, for example, is not, or other drinks and foods. So find a different way to freshen your breath and begin preparing your body, your mind, and your soul for Mass with the Eucharistic fast. If you didn't know that today, I'll give you a dispensation, all right? But now going forward, you know, all right? Find a different way to freshen that breath. Okay, number two, offering the Mass. Mass is not a spectator event. You are a participant in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So in addition to all the external actions, the singing, responding, standing, kneeling, and sitting, Make sure that you're interiorly participating as well. Ask for forgiveness for the sins that you've remembered when you came early. You can do this at the penitential rite. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. At the offertory, when the basket is going around, remembering your past week and looking forward to your next week, right, you get to offer not only a tithe, but your whole self the things you're thankful for, the things you're sorry for, the things that you need. Offer your whole self to go on the altar with Christ, to be united with His sacrifice to the Father. If there are mortal sins in your life since your last confession, 
resolve to go to confession as soon as you can and simply cross your arms to receive a blessing when you come up in the communion line. Finally, the last one, Thanksgiving after Mass, perhaps most appropriate regarding the gospel today. Jesus gives us his whole self in Holy Communion, truly, not metaphorically. The Eucharist is truly the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord. That's why we genuflect before the Eucharist. We adore and worship the Eucharist before we receive him in Holy Communion. The God whom heaven and earth cannot contain chooses to contain himself in you and me. So when you receive him, be like the Samaritan in the gospel today. Don't leave early without thanking him. Don't even leave right after Mass is over. Kneel back down and thank him. Thank him for the gift of life. Thank him for his own life. These suggestions can help us experience the Mass just as Felix did and have that same conviction. Christians make the Mass, and the Mass makes Christians. One cannot exist without the other. So following the example of St. Felix, those six cadets, and the Samaritan in the Gospel today, let's renew, seal, and celebrate our relationship with the Lord. Let's give Jesus thanks, not only today, but every Sunday, and make him the center of our lives. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.